Hello, and welcome back to the North Georgia Blue Podcast, produced and distributed by the Fannin County Democratic Party. I'm your host, Meryl Clark, and we're getting into some good trouble today with our special guest, Georgia State Representative William Bodie, running to be Georgia's next labor commissioner. Welcome to the show, Representative Bodie. Thank you so much. We're so happy to have you here with us. No, Miss Clark, thank you. Thank you so much. Please feel free to call me Meryl. Got it. Okay. Well, let's let our listeners know a little bit about you. Georgia State Representative William Bodie for House District 62 is a native of Atlanta and currently resides in East Point, Georgia. He is a proud member of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity, Inc. and a lifelong member of Antioch Baptist Church North. Representative Bodie is a graduate of the Mercer University School of Law in Macon and has been practicing law since 2005. He was first elected to the Georgia House of Representatives in 2016 and was elected by the House Democratic Caucus colleagues to serve as Minority Whip in 2018. He serves on Budget and Fiscal Affairs Oversight, Judiciary Non-Civil, Small Business Development, and the Special Committee on Access to the Civil Justice System Committees. Representative Bodie has passed 22 bills, wow, in five years as a Democrat in the Georgia House of Representatives. Among the those bills he co-authored and was a lead co-sponsor of House Bill 479, which is Georgia's citizens arrest repeal legislation, which I'd like to hear more about. House Bill 479 was created and passed into law in direct response to the Ahmad Arbery murder in 2020 in Glynn County, Georgia. At least that jury got it right, correct? Absolutely. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about House Bill 479, what that is and what it does? So basically, Georgia is the first state to pass a citizen's arrest repeal legislation or statute. This was passed into law last May. Basically, what it does is it does not allow citizens to utilize or officiate arrest. The law is from 1863 when slave owners deputized private citizens on their own accord to arrest fugitive slaves and to bring them back to the plantations here in the state of Georgia. And so this bill was originally passed in 1863 to do just that during the Civil War era. So we're really glad that the bill is no longer on the books. I'm very proud to say that Georgia is the first state in these United States of America to pass legislation precluding any private citizens from arresting another citizen and trying to bring them in to custody. So very proud of that. In the Ahmaud Arbery case, I was very happy to see three guilty verdicts. One reason why I would say that came to pass was, of course, the great case that the prosecution put forward. But also those three defendants were not able to use citizen's arrest as a defense because it was passed into law that they could not use as a defense back in May of last year, 2020. So I'm very happy to see that. And I was very happy to see those three guilty verdicts right before Thanksgiving of last year. As was I. Yes. Thank you so much for all your work on that, your hard work and getting that done. So that segues into my next question. You've been quite successful in your 
brief career in the House with writing and passing critical legislation in the General Assembly. Why did you decide to run for Georgia Labor Commissioner? And why do you believe that you're the best one for the job and can win? I would say the pandemic. I'll be truthful with you. During the pandemic, when COVID-19 affected all of our lives back in March of 2020. As a state legislator, and at the time I was minority House Democratic whip, we were all sheltered in place, but we as legislators were on the phone, on Zooms. That's when we first found out about Zoom. And I was getting phone calls from constituents, from other citizens throughout the state of Georgia needing help because they were not getting any responses from the Georgia Department of Labor. And so as the months kept going on and on and on, and we are helping constituents, I helped over 93 constituents to get some type of response from the Department of Labor from all over the state of Georgia. I was like, I can do a much better job than the current labor commissioner, the Republican commissioner, Mark Butler, because I have empathy. I care about Georgians and I care about Georgia workers. I care about workers needing to have that safety net that the unemployment insurance claims are supposed to provide. And I felt like I had the knowledge as a legislator, as an elected official, as a community advocate that I can get out there and do a better job. And that's the reason why I'm running for labor commissioner. Well, that's wonderful. The bar is set pretty low right now. I'm pleased that you're running and trying to make it better. So let's dive into your platform and discuss your support of the Georgians First Initiative. Would you please explain what that is and why it's so important? It's so important to me because as the next Georgia Labor Commissioner, I'm going to put Georgia workers first. That's first in everything that we do as a labor department. That's first and making sure we have adequate customer service, that we're transparent, that we're accessible, and that we do the absolute best that we can to provide the services that Georgia workers need. And so I look to do that by three things. The first, I want to make sure on the claim side that we have adequate staff right now. Georgia Department of Labor probably has about 1,200 employees. Under the last labor commissioner that was a Democrat, dear friend of mine, now CEO, Michael Thurman, when he left office in 2010, he had over 4,000 employees. He had over 80 career centers that served as satellite offices throughout the state for citizens to be able to utilize the services of the Georgia Department of Labor. Now, under Mark Butler, we only have 41. Mm. That is a shame. It is a shame because when you have a global pandemic or you have an economic recession or you have a natural disaster, we don't have, as Georgia Department of Labor currently stands under this Republican administration, under Mark Butler, does not have the means to respond. Mm -hmm. When we had a Democrat in office, we had the economic recession of 2008 because of the housing crash in the country. Checks were still delivered on time for Georgia citizens that qualified for unemployment benefits. You cannot make an excuse that it is a pandemic or is an economic recession. The train still has to run on time, period. Mm-hmm. And so I look to do that as next labor commissioner. I also want to upgrade the antiquated technology 
When CEO Michael Thurman got into office in the early 2000s, he took the Department of Labor from a pen and pad operation to a mainframe operation, which was high technology at that point in time. However, we all know technology changes. In the early 2000s, everyone had flip phones, and that was the technology of the day. Right. I remember it well. (laughs) And now we all pretty much have a computer in our back pockets or in our purse. So we need to upgrade the technology because if we do have another economic recession or if we do have another global pandemic or if we have another spike in COVID-19 and we have to have a stimulus package coming down from Congress and we have to be able to communicate with the U.S. Department of Labor's computer system, we cannot afford to have individuals trying to manually change the code. Because we have a hybrid mainframe computer, we need to have a completely web-based system that can communicate with Washington, D.C. to be able to get the funds into the bank accounts of Georgia workers who needed the most, who lost a job to no fault alone because of a pandemic, economic recession, or for another reason. So I want to make sure that we're being proactive on that. And it starts by utilizing the resources that we have as the Department of Labor, federal resources, and also state resources, and also just having a labor commissioner that has the empathy that cares about seeing Georgia workers prevail and succeed when they're going through a moment in time where they need the Department of Labor the most. My dad, and this is a quick story, my dad when I was in elementary school, used to work at Zares Warehouse. And Zares was a retail outlet that was very popular back in the 80s and the 70s. However, it was bought out by Marshalls, which you all know Marshalls Corporation owned TJ Maxx, the Marshall stores in the whole nine. And so my dad lost his job working at the distribution center. And so for four to five weeks, my dad had to apply for unemployment benefits and certify every Sunday evening. Hmm. And those unemployment benefits that he got maintained my family household. And so my dad was able to get up and get a new job. He worked at Toys R Us Distribution Center until he passed away in 2012. But imagine if this labor commissioner, Republican Mark Butler, was the commissioner at that point in time. And my dad could not get his unemployment benefits in a timely manner. My family would have lost everything. That's terrible. And I'm sure there are so many people out there who have the same story or similar stories. So let's dive into that a little bit deeper. Another of your priorities, as you just stated, is timely processing or the current lack thereof for unemployment applications and payments to include accessibility and customer service. Why is the current Republican in the position not rectifying this issue as millions of Georgians suffer? Why are they not upgrading their computer systems? Why aren't they ensuring that folks are getting their unemployment benefits in a timely fashion? Why is this happening? First of all, I would say that's a great question. Now, I would say the rank and file and the employees at the Georgia Department of Labor work very hard. Mm -hmm. And they are doing all they can with the resources that they have. But however, the head of the Department of Labor, Commissioner Mark Butler, is not doing his job. And so you ask a great question. I don't know, but I would say the reason I think it's not being done because Mark Butler doesn't have the empathy to want to get it done. 
we had appropriation hearings last week. And right now, it's a lawsuit that's been filed by the Southern Poverty Law Center. And one of those claims is that the Georgia Department of Labor has failed to timely hear over 20,000 appeals. And those appeals are over a year old. My goodness. Normally, those appeals should have been heard within a month. Mm -hmm. And so this labor commission just does not care. That's the only thing I can think of, the only thing I can quantify in my brain. Why? Because anybody else, any other elected official that I know, Democrat, Republican, Independent, will be like, what do I need to do? Now, last week, he had the opportunity to come before the Georgia House Joint Committee on Appropriations, House and Senate, to ask for more money for more staff. And what he did is said, oh, I can't show up because I'm sick or he had a family emergency, which things happen. But he failed to send his deputy commissioner to ask for the funding. Oh, typical. And that outraged not only Democrats, but Republicans. Mm -hmm. Everyone felt like, wow, you're just going to blow this off while we have a situation where this Georgia Department of Labor is under fire have multiple lawsuits, and you're not even going to come and ask for more money to hire more staff to make sure these claims are processed in a timely manner. You're not going to come and ask for more money so you can actually impanel and hire a call center staff to be able to fill these calls as they come in. Right now, the Georgia Department of Labor has one phone, one telephone line, and the voicemail box is always Mm -hmm. You cannot get a human being on the phone with the Department of Labor. So as the next labor commissioner, I will make sure we have a call center so we can triage any problem any citizen in this state has with the unemployment system or if they have questions about workforce opportunities. And we will have staff to triage your issue. If you're calling to find out what's the status of my unemployment claim, okay, we can get you to that department. What is the status of my appeal? We can get you to that department. Uh, what are opportunities out there for me in North Georgia? If I'm in Lumpkin County, where are the available jobs here in Lumpkin County or in Fanning County? Who can I talk to? We're going to get them to the right department. Any major operational corporation has a call center. Exactly. We have 10.6 million people in Georgia and one telephone line and one telephone and one voicemail box for the Georgia Department of Labor, which is shame. That is crazy to hear. And I'm glad you brought up empathy as well, because empathy is such an important component in our elected officials who are charged with ensuring their constituents get what they need. I believe empathy should be taught. K through 12. That's just me. Empathy and kindness, because it's certainly in short supply these days. So thank you for that. Let's talk about educational and workforce opportunities. Yes. And you touched on this earlier, your desire to create more career and job centers. Yes. Our current labor department, as you pointed out, is woefully lacking in this area. What are your plans to help Georgians find jobs? And why is education such a crucial component? Education is very important, but I would also say that the type of education is the choice of the individual. Mm -hmm. And so if we have a high school student, and I'll get into the various levels I foresee, but this example I want to give, we have a high school student 
in South Georgia. I went to Boston State in Lowndes County and said, look, I know I don't want to go to college, but I want to get a vocation right now. And you can do that in 10th grade. And we want to make sure that that high school student, if Lowndes County Board of Education does not have a career academy like we do here in South Fulton and APS, most schools or school systems are connected with the technical college within their county. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure that student is already on track to get the vocation or to get the trade in high school. So when they get out of high school, if they decide to go to a technical college or if they say, look, I do want to go to college, they can. Or if they want to go right into the workforce, they can. So we need to look at education holistically and say that, okay, it's not a one-stop shop. It is not one size fit all. Mm -hmm. And so we want to make sure that we are looking at the individual listening to the individual and say, what are your needs and how can we help you achieve those needs so you can have liberal wage paying job and quality of life? So I want to do that by, first of all, partnering with the labor unions. Labor unions, organized labor have amazing apprenticeship programs. IBEW has an amazing apprenticeship program. The building trades have an amazing apprenticeship program. Wow. And the reason why these programs are so good is that a student or a Georgia worker that wants to be retrained in another occupation or trade can do that. And you can get into a trade and you can not amass the student loan debt at the five years. You can say, look, I have now became a journeyman. I have the right and I have my labor card. I have my certifications and I'm making $75,000 as a IBW journeyman. That's in five years. And in another three years, you can get more certification, become a foreman. And now you're making over $100,000 a year and you don't have the student loan debt. You have collective bargaining agreement with has your uh, health care, your pension, everything that you need. And so I went to law school. And so when I got out of law school, of course, I had student loan debt. And my first job, I was making $53,000 a year as an assistant public defender. But you can make almost double that <laughs> or close to it mm-hmm. by going into a trade if you so choose to. I love being a lawyer, but it's other avenues to making a liberal wage. And I want to make sure we amplify that as the Georgia Department of Labor and giving citizens and workers in the state an opportunity and a choice to go into a trade or occupation that they want to. Well, you know, a hundred years ago, and not in this state, actually in New York, but a hundred years ago, when I was in high school, uh, we used to have Botech, vocational tech, yes, which you had to go through your junior and senior years, and it was extremely helpful, yes, especially in upstate. So, do they not have that in the high schools any longer? Yes, they do. They do. Okay. And you're right. When I was in high school, it was vocational school, and what happened is. Either you went during the morning schedule for half a day to the vocational school and, you know, it's carpentry, it was automotives, right? it was construction. So you either went in the morning time or you went in the afternoon. And a lot of the students at my high school, Banneker High School, would catch the bus right around the corner to the South Fulton Vocational Center. 
They don't call them in the metro areas vocational centers. They call them career academies now. Okay. And so you can go and now train for all the other things that you train for in vocational, but now it's film, HVAC, some even have aviation mechanics. I mean, it's so much that you can learn at this level. And so these programs are there. If the Career Academy doesn't have it, like with aviation and the uh, 18-wheeler mechanics, if they can't get it at the Career Academy, they can get it at a technical school that's associated and in partnership with the Career Academy. So a lot of counties have the Career Academies themselves, but a lot of counties outside of the metro area actually partner with the technical college within their county. I know Douglas County Board of Education does not have a career academy or career center, but they do have a partnership with West Georgia Technical College where students are bused to the campus in Douglasville to get the vocational training that they're seeking. And they also get high school credit for it as well, of course. Right, which is the way it's always been, but not all the high schools offer that, correct? And you would want to make that statewide? Yes, I would like to encourage if you don't have, and I know it comes down to the local boards and funding issues, if you don't have your own career academy, that you do have a robust partnership with the local technical college within your county. Now, I've spoke to some of my endorsers throughout the state, and I'm very proud to say I have over 150 endorsement from elected officials. Congratulations. <laughs> it's impressive. Yes, thank you. From rural Georgia, suburban, urban, and coastal Georgia that endorsed my candidacy. But I have been told that a lot of counties do have technical colleges or have a campus within that college, but they may not have all the programs that a lot of my elected officials, friends, feel like the technical colleges have. So I think by me being the next Georgia Labor Commissioner, we can actually partner with the technical colleges and get with the local stakeholders within that community and say, look, what are your needs? And does the technical college in your county meet that need? If not, we can talk with the technical college system of Georgia and say, look, how can we better serve this particular community that's looking for this particular trade or vocation? Right. And that's the great thing about the Georgia Department of Labor Commission. The commissioner can be the glue to all of that. But the current commissioner is not, no, clearly. No, not, <laughs> so not the glue. <laughs> anti Another reason we need a Democrat yes. in that position, along with all of Georgia state government. Yes. So since your episode will be airing during Black History Month, let's turn our attention to what Black History Month means to you and how has it impacted your political career and your background of service? That is just, that's probably one of the best questions I had all year. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, the year is still young, but thank you. Yes, it's still young, but you're leading right now. You're leading, you're leading. I appreciate it. I would say it's meant a lot to me. I was born here in Atlanta, Georgia at uh, Grady Memorial Hospital, and I was raised in Atlanta, and I studied in college at Vadasa State, went to Mercer Law in Middle Georgia. So I'm a Georgia boy, thick and through. Mm-hmm. But growing up in Atlanta and going to Atlanta public schools and then going to Fulton County schools, I was taught the importance of Dr. Martin Luther King and the civil rights movement. 
I remember in kindergarten, do you remember the old reel to reels mm-hmm. and looking at the black and white movies, you know? I remember that too. Yes. It was just amazing. Every year during Black History Month, going to the MOK Center, going to the old Ebenezer and just seeing it and feeling it and sitting in the sanctuary of the old Ebenezer Church and hearing Dr. King's sermon. It places a calling on your life to serve. My grandmother recently passed away last year, uh, last January. I'm so sorry. Thank you. I appreciate that. She was a part of her women ministry at my church, Antioch Baptist Church North, almost until she passed away. She was the president of her women's ministry. And I'll never forget at her funeral, the founder of the Atlanta Community Food Bank was at my grandmother's funeral because he said, your grandmother used to come out with the mission every Thursday to feed the homeless. And it gives a calling on your life. My grandfather, World War II veteran, life member before he passed uh, the veteran of foreign wars, used to take me to the veterans hospital in Decatur, Georgia. And I would go to the veterans hospital with him and I would volunteer because he would be there with the soldiers and the sellers. And, you know, I would be the bingo boy helping out with the bingo games. And I used to do that when like six, seven, eight grade when I was in middle school and he made me see service. And so growing up in Atlanta and growing up in Georgia, you are immersed in the history of the civil rights movement. And from that civil rights movement, your family members have been involved in the movement, your grandparents, your great-grandparents. And so it instills in you giving back and giving of yourself to help others. As Dr. Martin Luther King said, you don't have to be this grand leader to serve. Right. Anyone can serve. And so I've always took that at every level as a calling on my life and as a charge on my life to serve no matter what capacity that I'm in. And also that includes mentoring as well. You can give back and serve as a mentor to a mentee that wants to achieve things in life that they may not already be able to see. I mean, I'm a lawyer now because I stand on the shoulders of my parents, my grandparents, and people that saw in me that, look, you can be a lawyer and not only be a lawyer, be a great lawyer, And then when I decided to go into the political arena, you could be elected official. You could be a great elected official. And now going into uh, (laughs) this elevated position that I'm trying to see, people still say, look, we need you as the next labor commissioner because the individual we have in the office now is just not doing the job. We need you. And so uh, that's, I feel like, is the uh, new calling on my life to serve in that capacity. Well, that's wonderful. I wish that more people had that calling as well, but we're lucky to have you (laughs) in our legislature and moving forward in your political career as well. So Representative Bodie, if someone wants to volunteer with your campaign, donate, or just learn more about you and your candidacy, where would you send them? I would send them to my website, www.bodie, B as in boy, O as in Oscar, D as in dog, D as in dog, I-E, for F-O-R-G-A.com. So Bodie4GA.com. And you can also go to my social media handles, which is the same at Bodie4GA or hashtag Bodie4GA. And also info at Bodie4GA.com. 
as well to email me directly. But my website actually has a page on my website or tab that says volunteers. So it lets you know the volunteer opportunities, but also you can fill out a digital form to actually sign up to help my campaign in various capacities, which we need help in all capacities with voter outreach, constituent outreach. Right now, we in General Assembly is in session, so I can't fundraise until we sunny die on April the 4th. But but you can also contribute in other ways, meet and greets. So it's a number of ways. And so if you go to the, the volunteer page on my website, you can find out more opportunities to be able to help my campaign move around the state of Georgia. Terrific. And I want to compliment you on your campaign staff as well. They have been a joy yes. to work with. And Vonda. She's amazing. She she really is. <laughs> she really is. Thank you. Thank, and look, this has just been a great week of just connecting with North Georgia Democrats. I was on a Zoom meeting last night with the Lumpkin County Democrats, and they are fired up in North Central Georgia And I've been up to uh, your neck of the woods, love it up there, was in Union County, in Blairsville. I mean, I really love North Georgia. The air is so crisp. The mountains are beautiful. And I just love it. So I look forward to coming up to Fannin County in person doing my campaign. We'd love to have you. We would love to host you. Yes. Yes, sir. Oh, I would love to be there. It is too easy. Like I told the Lincoln County Democrats, the Union County Democrats, it's too easy of a sell for me to come to North Georgia because you guys have a lot of wonderful attributes and a lot of great things going on in North Georgia. So I look forward to coming to Fannin County. Well, thank you. And we look forward to your next visit as well. And finally, and I ask all my guests this question, tell us a fun fact about yourself, something not related to your necessarily your legal career oh. or your uh, political career, something just about you that our listeners may be interested in hearing about. You agree? I mean, oh, I mean, a fun fact. We learn so much about our people that way. I love to listen to jazz music. I love jazz too. I love jazz music. And a fun fact is that Sundays are my one day that I block out during the football season for football, but also to listen to jazz music. Like I'm a huge John Coltrane fan and Miles Davis fan. And so my wife, she probably has heard Love Supreme so many times. So when we're traveling across the state on Sundays, she knows she's got to listen to jazz music. <laughs> so I love jazz. I mean, I love it, love it, love it. So I'm glad to know you ass lover too. Yes, Thelonious Monk. And I could go on and on with, with all the jazz greats. Oh my God, you know your jazz music. <laughs> I do. I do. I love jazz too. So we share that in common. Yes, yes. Well, Thank you, Representative Bodie, for joining us today and sharing more about your critical work to support Democratic Party policy and maintain our democracy. I'm Meryl Clark, and on behalf of our team, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to the North Georgia Blue podcast. To learn more about us and the work that we're doing, visit us online at FannonCountyGeorgiaDemocrats.com. Share the North Georgia Blue podcast with your friends and family. Be sure to subscribe and follow. And if you enjoy our podcast, because Become a founding patron and friend of the show at NorthGeorgiaBluePodcast.com slash patron so we can continue getting into more good trouble.